Welcome to the podcast. I'm Lilia Gustin, empowerment coach, light worker, womb wisdom guide, and artist. And this podcast is all things empowered lifestyle and self discovery. You'll hear from both me and amazing guests who are shining their light into the world through their unique magic, stories, wisdom, and methods to guide you deeper into your unique and fullest expression. We are empowering true autonomy and inspiring along the way. If you love what you hear, please reach out to me or leave a review. I'm so excited for you to come join us in this corner of the universe. This is the Empowering the Light podcast. Welcome back to the Empowering the Light podcast. I'm so excited for you guys to be here. Honestly, you know, I say this every episode of how excited I am to be interviewing our guests here, but I was reading Taylor's bio here before we got on, hopped onto this podcast. And guys, this conversation is going to be epic. It's going to be so cool. Okay. So we have a very special guest today, Taylor Henley. Taylor, thank you so much for being here and sharing this space and conversing with us today. Thank you, Lily. I'm so excited to chat with you. <gasps> Me too. I'm so stoked. Okay. So let's get to know Taylor a little bit more through her bio before we dive into this episode, her story, and all the beautiful things to come. So Taylor is an inner work facilitator and spiritual guide and mentor serving and supporting those seeking to reconnect to themselves, a higher power, and their roots within nature. Through her time spent traveling, diving, and photographing the animals in the ocean, as well as her passion for conserving the natural spaces of the world, Taylor has come to believe that inner work is the key to ushering in true and lasting change and healing on an individual, collective, and planetary level. I was reading that <laughs> when you first sent it to me, and I was getting goosebumps. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is such an amazing pairing of like a conservation for the earth, of your experience diving and inner work. And I'm so excited to get in with you to what all this looks like and how it kind of all ties together for you. So yes, thank you so much for being here, Taylor. Just before we kind of get into things, guys, I know Ta I've known Taylor for six months now through our yoga teacher training and she's amazing. Such an amazing yoga facilitator, has the most beautiful heart and yeah. Let's get into it. So Taylor, would you feel open to sharing a little bit more about your story and what brought you here in this moment to this yeah. podcast and to this work in general? I would love to. And hearing you read that bio, I feel like uh, it's been like, it's been a journey to get there. And, you know, I feel like in getting to this point, there have really been like two timelines emerging. Um, and at some point I recognized that those two timelines converged, but it took a lot of time for me to really figure out how. So I've spent a lot of time traveling the world, diving in the ocean, photographing some of the coolest animals. And that passion for animals has really always been with me since I was very, very young. My family and I spent a lot of time traveling to Florida, and I spent a lot of time around um, dolphins there and uh, sharks and stingrays and, you know, all the animals in the ocean and just immediately fell in love with it. And then that sort of translated to animals on the land as well, because I grew up, I didn't grow up beside the ocean. I grew up um, in the middle of the country, sort of landlocked, but uh, that the ocean, the passion for the ocean translated to like a passion and obsession for birds, which I still have today <laughs> and um, other animals like I remember spending so much time like catching frogs and then narrating home movies about frog facts and writing like books about animals when I was little 
And it's just always been such a huge, a huge part of my life um, and something I've felt so connected to, um, just the energy and the spirit of animals. And I would say, so that timeline has really been, you know, developing since the time I was born. And in about around 2016, I moved to Hawaii. And that's when I started to really spend time in the ocean, like underneath the waves with the dolphins, like swimming with the dolphins in the wild and the turtles and the occasional seal. And um, I think that is where my passion for conservation and just preserving the natural spaces of this world really started to take off and started to blossom. And I became, uh, you know, very invested in sharing the message of, you know, all of the things that we're doing to the environment, the ways that we're, I mean, literally destroying the earth daily and um, shared that message and became passionate about, you know, uh, avoiding single use plastic. And I was also vegan at the time. And so uh, became very invested in sharing all of those messages. And that was a huge part of my presence at that time on social media, like sharing all of this with other people. And the inner work piece really came in, I would say around 2018. I was still living in Hawaii at the time and I had been in a relationship um, for about a year at that point, uh, really toxic relationship that was um, ripe with alcoholism and verbal abuse and physical abuse on an occasion. It was just um, chaos. And at one point when that relationship ended, I, you know, I, I remember so vividly like sitting in my little studio apartment. Um, one of my walls was just mirrors. And so I'm sitting on my table, like the dining room table, looking at myself in the mirror. And it just hit me like, okay, I have two choices right now. I can go to all of my friends and complain and complain and point fingers and blame and talk about how awful this person is or I can take my energy back and bring it inward. And that I remember asking this question, you know, what's going on inside of me that's really keeping me in these cycles? Because that wasn't the first, you know, toxic relationship that I had been in. And that question really uh, was the basis for all of the work that I've done since. Um, you know, I started journaling more and um, at that time I didn't know that like coaches or inner work was really a thing um, so my friend sent me a book on codependency and then uh, you know it was like the very basics like what is happening like I've got to figure this out and from doing that work uh, you know the more that I dove into my own inner work and the more that I continued to be in and around the ocean and see the seeing the harmful effects that we have, I recognize that these two things converged, these two passion of, passions of mine converged, I just didn't know how. And because of that, I kept them very separate for a very long time. And it's interesting, I was going back through some of my journals from like 2018 and 2019 last night. And it's so funny to read my words because it's like, I really feel like I want to help people heal and reconnect them to nature and do these things. I just don't know how. And <laughs> it's really funny to read those words. And then um, I guess I would say last year, like last January, I was living in the Florida Keys, you know, still very committed to my own inner work, but 
this other timeline of conservation and, you know, spending time around animals, I just became so burnt out by it. Um, you know, it's really hard to care about something so much and to feel like there's just no change happening. And I was just so burnt out. And I remember having a conversation with someone and he was asking me questions about it. And I was so upset that I could hardly talk about it. Um, and, you know, of course, like he kept pushing, trying to get to the root of it. And I'm so grateful for that. At the time, it was a very uncomfortable conversation for me. It was like, I don't like this, like very squirmy. But what I came to realize is what I was actually feeling was hopelessness. Like, what is the point? There's no point. Um, you know, it doesn't matter how much plastic I refuse or how much I share this message. It's just nothing's changing. It doesn't matter. And I recognized really how much resentment that I had in my heart towards just people in general um, and anger really, and how exhausting that is. And I think that's such a, a prominent aspect of conservation and activism. I don't think that's intentional. I think it's just what it sort of breeds but a lot of um, shame and blame, like trying to shame people and trying to blame people to get them to come to your side, which never works, doesn't work ever. And then when it doesn't work, what you're, what you're harboring in your heart then is anger and resentment towards other people. You know, I remember like walking through grocery stores and looking in people's carts and seeing all of the plastic and just the thoughts that I had towards them were terrible and really recognized, okay, this isn't, this isn't working. Like this is not going to really change anything. So what do I need to do? Again, that question, like, okay, what do I need to do to reconcile this resentment and this bitterness that I feel in order to truly make a difference? And I think that's when I recognized how these two came together. And it really was cemented. Um, one night I was sitting on my bed watching this video of this beautiful, beautiful tiger shark um, being hauled up on a boat and um, it was being killed, um, you know, for the shark finning industry. And I was just in tears. Um, you know, I feel a lot of empathy towards animals. I was just in tears. And I remember saying out loud, how do I help these animals? Like, what do I do? And the immediate download that I received was, if you want to help the animals and help the planet, you have to help people. I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> and I found, um, you know, I immediately journaled it and wrote it down and found that page last night. And it was such a beautiful reminder of like, this is, this is why, you know, it's come to me that this inner work piece is just crucial. Um, I feel like so many people exert their energy outward and try to, um, you know, enact change outwardly. And it's, you and I both know, it's always exerting your energy it's exhausting and at some point you have to just come come back you have to turn it back inward and I think that that's really the direction that I'm headed and the message message that I'm very excited to share with people it's like you know if if it's true and lasting healing and change that we want for the planet it starts it starts here it starts with you you know we create greater harmony and greater peace here it's it's like a coming back. I, I, in my head, I envision like all of the energy that we're exerting outward, just like coming back into our hearts and like, I'm going to be the change that I want to see. 
And so that's really become, you know, my message and the work that I'm doing now with other people and uh, what I'm so passionate about. I'm in like total awe right now of your story, your mission, your message, um, and just the way you integrate inner work with connecting to nature and with like conserving and connecting to mother nature and, and animals and helping protect them is such a beautiful and empowering <laughs> I like don't have the word. I'm like doing emotion with my hands. This the coming together. Yeah. <laughs> the coming together of those two is so empowering. And there were so many things that you said that I totally resonated with. And I was like, I'm sure so many of our listeners are going to resonate with too. And what you said at the very end, I was like trying to take note of all these things I wanted to talk about, but what you said at the very end just summed it all up where you're like, we get to be the change we want to see in the world. And I feel like this is such a prominent phrase that we hear in our society that like, we hear it at graduations, like it's in valedictorian speeches, like it's all over the place. But I think there's a key component to that that's missing, which you you pointed out so beautifully. It's that what if we're going to be the change we want to see in the world, that doesn't mean that we need to exert our energy outward to the point where we're burning out. It means coming back into our own heart and inner work. And I think that that's like the component that you just said that's that's missing when we start looking at activism and, and conservation. It's and everyone gets burned out and everyone gets angry. Everyone I'm mad. <laughs> yeah. it's like a giant spiral. It is. It's really it's cyclical. And I mean, you know, even the people who you know, I would say not everyone is, you know, in the shame and in the blame, but if you're still walking around with anger and resentment in your heart and you're still judging the people that you walk past at the grocery store for, you know, just doing what they know, then you are still perpetuating the energy that is destroying the planet. It's, it's anger, it's fear, it's, you know, a, like an arrogance that I think we've developed over many generations that started way, way back. Um, but I think, you know, you're still perpetuating that energy. You're still in it. So how can you come to accept that everyone is, is they are where they are. They know what they know. And if I want to truly help, I've got to start with me first, be being that example for others and moving out of those lower themes of consciousness because you know we know what does that get you it just perpetuates the issue there's got to be something else there's got to be something that truly changes and shifts and yeah i feel so so strongly that it's this piece um the inner work piece yeah and i feel like coming from someone who um, has been in this world, like you're saying, you, you've been around animals for a long time. You've been doing this work. You've been doing this activist work. There's something very powerful about hearing you say like that that's the missing piece. Like, cause I, I feel like sometimes when we get into inner work, um, it's like, I don't, where, where am I going with this? Sometimes when we get into inner work, we'll like talk about inner work, but it's so much more powerful talking about it from already being in the other side of it. I can um, give, yeah, <laughs> if that makes sense, I can, um, Oh yeah, sorry, keep going. I was just gonna say it totally makes sense. And I think too, it's a it's a harder concept to wrap your head around if you're someone who doesn't spend a lot of time with animals or who doesn't spend a lot of time in nature. Like that concept of, oh, everything I do has impacts not just me and not just the people around me, but the entire natural world. There is a, a ripple effect that's created from my actions and my choices. And 
you know, there's an energy that that's permeating throughout everything. And I, I think it's, it's a harder concept to, to wrap your head around if you're not really like in, in that, or like in tune with that energy. So I agree, I agree with you that, um, there's kind of like a, there can be like a disconnect. Yeah, definitely. And then hearing it from someone whose perspective who you've been on both, like you've had the experience and kind of like the traditional mm -hmm. realm of how we see this work done. And now this experience from the inner work perspective is such a, a giant, like beautiful, like mm -hmm. perspective shift for everybody listening and me included. And um, this really resonates with me because I, before I got into like menstrual cycle awareness and cyclical living and all that, I was very into like women's rights activism. And I was very on the like, the traditional feminist side like that's what I I was like I worked at an art museum where half the art was like about feminism I lived right I was like at all the rallies and that kind of thing for like period equity um and coming from that side then into the inner work perspective and actually embracing your cycle is two very different perspectives that after seeing how much like how from the feminist side, it's great. Like we're getting the women's rights we deserve, but it's also coming from a place of like our body isn't okay the way it is. Like we need to fit into a masculine structure in order to succeed mm -hmm. and then coming into the, but actually we can be who we are and we can honor our cycles and we don't need to like shut them down in order to fit into a patriarchal society. Like the two, seeing that perspective gets to be yeah. such a shift. And that's why I'm really picking on picking up on from your story too that like having seeing that shift of like how conservation ends uh like protecting the earth is traditionally done and then taking it from that inner work perspective it's a very empowering shift it's like oh I don't need to I I have a little bit more control over this mm -hmm. yeah and listening to you share your experience you know one of the things that really has come to me over this last year is you know there's a lot in the more conservation world that I would say is focused on fixing nature and fixing the earth. And nature doesn't need us to fix her. The earth doesn't need us to fix her. Like that has been, you know, something that has really shifted for me. It's like, actually, if I just leave her alone, she's been doing it for billions of years. Like it's not on me, it's not on us to fix her. I think the call is to come back home to who we are remember how connected we are remember our roots remember you know our ancestors and how they you know walked lightly and with humility and they honored the animals were our kin um you know like we capitalized their names when we were when they're written about and i it has been a really huge perspective shift like oh, it's not on me to fix anything it's just on me to come home and remember Oh, it's like an exhale. <laughs> yes, I, I felt that exhale when you were talking too. And I was like, wow, like that, just that phrase of being like, it's not my job to fix the earth. Mm -hmm. I mean, just hearing you say that, I was like, yeah, because so many of the messages we receive is like, we need to fix the damage we're doing or like, we need to fix the earth or there's something wrong with her. And just hearing you be like, she's been doing this for billions of years. I'm like, man, I'm 24 and like, like we're all trying to fix something that's been here for billions and billions of years it's it's such a, it's such a beautiful ego check right i know and i think it's you know i know that um there are people who have resistance to that 
statement, um, you know, like nature doesn't need us to fix her because the message is we do have to fix it all. Um, but you're right, it is very humbling. Um, it's extremely humbling and it starts to dissolve, I think, that just um, air of arrogance, really, that I think we've taken on um, over the years. Like nature has a beautiful way of just bringing you back down. <laughs> that literal grounding feeling. <laughs> yes, yes. I love it. And I really, I really appreciated what you were saying about how when we start doing this inner work, we're able to kind of let go of that anger, resentment we feel to people around us at realizing that they're on their own journey too, realizing that they're exactly where they need to be on their own inner work journey. And it, it's not up to us to, to change them. That gets to be their journey. And I think that I, that's so powerful, no matter what context you're looking at it from, whether it's, yeah, whether it's reconnecting to the earth or whether someone is feeling angry because someone else's opinion is different, like whatever it is, it's so powerful to realize that like, it isn't our job to fix it. It is mm -hmm. our job to, to be the change we want to see within our own inner work. And then they are going to, when they're ready, do that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and while we're on this topic, so we've been talking a lot about inner work and we've thrown out a lot of themes of consciousness there around like anger and resentment and guilt and shame and judgment and all these things. Um, I would love to hear, and for our audience who has no idea what inner work is or these themes of consciousness, these kind of these emotions are still like a new concept for them. Mm -hmm. Would you be willing to share your perspective of what inner work is, what the theme of consciousness are and um, how this is like wrapping into everything we've been talking about? Yeah, I think inner work for me is really an unraveling. Um, it's an uncovering. It's a remembering of who we are in our truest essence. Um, and just in my own, my own journey. So the theme of shame was very prominent. It's, it's the one that all of my work has been around. And I look back and see how all of these experiences throughout my life contributed to that, to that theme, you know, that lens that all of us, we're all looking at the world from a theme and it's, it's going to be different for all of us. But I could really see once I started doing this work, just how much all of these experiences have fed this one belief and it has been more than anything. And, and this too, like this uncovering, this remembering has been sort of a shift for me because a long time I still bought into the idea that I'm fixing me because I'm there's something wrong with me. I've got to fix myself. But no, it's like, ac actually, I'm just remembering who I am and really who I was as a child before I took on all of these different identities and all of these different themes and beliefs and all that conditioning. It's just, it's like a removal. So there is a sea urchin. Um, you can find it in tide pools and it's a collector urchin. And what they'll do is they'll, you know, move around the tide, the tide pools and they'll find seashells and they'll like stick them on and they try to like disguise themselves, you know, to keep themselves protected. And I remember just feeling like, that's what I'm doing. I'm like this sea urchin. I'm like taking off all of these shells and all of these stories and all these layers and all these identities. And then I'm just, I'm just like, oh, I'm free. Like I can just be in the tide pool and I'm okay. <laughs> um, that is, you know, when I really was diving into it, the visualization that came to me, it's just, it's removing, it's uncovering and coming back to 
who we are at our core, which is divinely supported, divinely guided, divinely loved in all, in all moments. Um, and yeah, it, that's really what inner work for me feels like just an uncovering. That analogy, that visualization of the sea urchin was gold. I was, <laughs> I was like, yes, that is such a be- like such a realistic visualization. That I think when we start getting into inner work, which when we first hear about it, may sound kind of um, abstract, and then when you get into it and you're actually doing the inner work and you're seeing these themes or these lenses show up in your life, like are you seeing things from the lens of shame or are you seeing yeah. things from the lens of of pride, but like an unhealthy version of pride of like, I'm comparing myself to others. Or are you seeing things from the lens of anger and like everything around you is triggering you and making you really angry in that moment around expectations. Um, Once you get into it, it feels very real. Like it starts feeling very concrete. Like you start noticing it, you start noticing those triggers. Um, But just that visualization of the sea urchin makes it so much more tangible before you're doing the inner work so anybody who's listening who's like inner work that sounds cool I've never actually done this like how can I get into it that's such an amazing visualization to realize that as you're doing this work you're you're literally you're letting go of all the seashells that yeah. you on that aren't actually you that. <laughs> <laughs> and you know I think too it's a it can be a very confronting process you know I know in my own journey the shells that I was taking off were identities that I had taken on that the outside world approved of. And so it was very confronting for me to like, well, I'm gonna take off this shell of the girl who travels and dives and just does photography and only shares ocean. I'm gonna take that off because that's not actually who I am. And so then you start to see those inner work components come in of like, am I gonna be rejected if I'm just who I am? Or what are people gonna judge me? What are people gonna say? Am I gonna just be like left out in the cold and I'm not gonna know, you know, what to do next? Um, but it, it is very, it does become like very concrete. Like you start to see like, oh, I feel that, that's shame. Okay, I know, I know where this is headed. Now, how can I bring that back in and, um, you know, create more calmness in my body and recognize that that's that shell trying to like creep back on and protect myself really, because I think so many of the, of the conditioning and of the themes that we take on, it's really about, you know, if you go way, way back to like that animalistic part of our brain, it's all about survival and the protection. And so we, you know, trying to like, oh, I'm going to put it back on, like, no, okay, I'm going to set it down. <laughs> it's, it's, it can be confronting for sure. Oh, definitely. I was just doing so. I was just doing an inner work process myself. And what I hadn't, well, I knew in the back of my head, like subconsciously, I knew this was something I was working through. Um, But it didn't become clear until I did like a full on like symbolic process of mm-hmm. letting go of the lies that I had told myself that I'd been told by society around who I was. Um, And one of these things was, so I used to be pursuing a professional dance career. So I was um, dancing in Pittsburgh for a while um, and trying to become a professional ballet dancer. And the ballet world, for anyone who's listening to this, you've probably heard part of this story and I'm gonna go onto a tangent of something you haven't heard, but so the ballet world is very toxic. It is very much rooted in shame. Mm-hmm. everything very much rooted and it's such a bummer because it's such a beautiful art form um but like behind the scenes when you're doing it um like women are shamed for their body like every literally like <laughs> the whole world yeah. is like 
trapped in this little shame bubble. So when I got into it, I was homeschooled growing up and I was a competitive athlete. So I, I had growing up a lifestyle that was like, I was focused on my goals. I was focused on competing. I was in the gym for four hours a day. I didn't have a ton of friends. I wasn't exposed to kind of these things that we put on as teenagers as much. Like I wasn't exposed to that conditioning. So I hop into this ballet world, very, like still very innocent (laughs) and when hopping into the shame bubble that it's surrounded by, I, there was what you said where like sometimes these shells or these layers that we put on ourselves are actually like perpetuated by society. Like they're, Mm -hmm. they're seen as acceptable or normal. So hopping into this world where um, like alcoholism and smoking and um, abusing your body um, and like sexual promiscuity to the point of not being fulfilled, but just like not knowing where to put your energy and um and comparing yourself to everybody and judgment and shame and just feeling crappy in your body was the norm. I was very much like a fish out of water. And, and yeah. And I had, I had people always telling me like, Oh my gosh, Lilia, you're so innocent. Almost like it was such a bad thing. And I was like, but I'm so confused. And so I got into this bubble and I was like, I'm so confused about what society is trying to tell me right now that like, what's, what's good or what's bad. And that was still like, that was still the theme of judgment of like right or wrong. Like what is the right way to be? What is the wrong way to be? And now coming into this inner work, I'm like, there is no right and wrong, but I can now see that like, I need to let go of that feeling that my innocence is something that's holding me back or that's something that's like a weakness or associated with naivety instead of wisdom. And there was this whole inner work process. I like started crying during it. I was like, oh my gosh, I've been holding on to this for so long. Um, and I, I think about it now and I'm like, I wouldn't have changed that experience at all. Mm-hmm. Like that's what brought me into my inner work journey. Like that's what brought me into woman's empowerment instead of, um, instead of feeling that, that shame around your body that so many women experience, unfortunately, in our society and, and, and realizing that everyone's on their own journey. That was like a huge, that was a huge thing to realize, especially when we're in a world where everything is seen from the perspective of judgment of like right or wrong. It's so amazing to just be like, you know what, like I get to be on my journey and I'm going to do my inner work and and everyone has their own like has their own karmic things that that are happening to them for a reason that that they get to learn through and grow through and be on their own journey and that's okay whatever it looks like and that was like a huge switch that went off in my head of like releasing that judgment releasing that judgment of myself releasing that belief that was was like a belief of shame and and that just came up from when you're saying that our society kind of perpetuates something. So if you're listening and you're like, I am holding on to this belief that is causing me a lot of suffering, but society is telling me this is okay, or society is telling me that this is normal, or this is how it should be. Know that you don't need to hold on to that. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, you do not need to hold on to that. Um, it's interesting that you speak to that because I was speaking with a client yesterday and she's doing so much beautiful work. And she was sharing um, all of these just beautiful things about herself and how she is unique. And we were talking about, you know, how our uniqueness is needed. And she was saying that she would find herself sharing these great things about her. And then she'd be like, I feel like I'm just being egotistical. I feel like I'm just being arrogant. 
but I know that all these things are really great and unique. And I was like, isn't that such a strong, you know, a contrast? Like we're told your uniqueness makes you beautiful and your uniqueness makes you great. However, don't share it because if you share it, you're arrogant. And I was like, that's that societal influence coming in of like, I need to apologize. I need to be small because if I, you know, speak about my uniqueness and my gifts and what I, what I feel I came here to share, then I'm just judged immediately as, oh, she's arrogant. It's like, man, that is, that is a huge one in society, especially for women. I think especially for women, that's big. Oh yeah. And I love this topic, topic of, of pride, like unhealthy and unhealthy expressions of pride and, and what's, what really hit me, which like one of our teachers, uh, Matt was talking about the other day was how like a healthy expression of pride is being able to feel good about yourself and have that self-esteem and be able to feel good about your gifts and what's unique about you. And, and an unhealthy expression of pride would then be to compare that to others and be Mm -hmm. like, well, I'm better than them, or there's something wrong with them or like have that comparison. Whereas like a healthy expression would be like, look how far I've come in my journey. Like, let me compare myself to myself two months ago when I was really struggling with this and just look how much growth has come. And I feel like that breeds such this beautiful, like self-love and love for others at the same time. Like when we start realizing our unique magic, we're not only able to love ourselves for it, but we're able to see everyone else's gifts and magic and love them for it. And it's so, it's so beautiful. And I feel like that ties back to to what, and I wanted to clarify this because I was just thinking about this and I was like, well, let me clarify this really quick with my story with the individuals that I ex- was dancing with and who were going through all these different like um, inner work things around their body and were, were going through these different experiences that that was their own journey that was yeah. unique and perfect. And that is not right or wrong. Like everyone's on their unique journey. And I just wanted to clarify that because when I was saying it, I like wanted to make sure everyone who's listening, I'm like, wherever you are in your journey, whether that involves something that has to do with your body, whether you're going through alcoholism yourself or, or, or battling that right now, or, or going through some kind of addiction, that is your journey and is perfect and is beautiful. And you are exactly where you're supposed to be. And it, it's, and that's when we get to bring in that healthy expression of pride and be like, look at me. I am doing the work. Look, I'm in my journey. I am in my, I'm finding my gifts. I'm finding myself. I'm remembering who I am. That's, that's the powerful part. Yeah. And I really resonated with what you shared and, you know, speaking to your experience in ballet of like, now you can look back on that and you're, you're, you're grateful that you went through that experience. Um, and I think that's a big thing that happens for a lot of people. Once they start diving in, they recognize, I don't know if I would be where I am without that experience. You know, that was a huge thing for me when I left that relationship that I was speaking to earlier. There was a lot about that um, that was extremely toxic. And it would be so easy for me because I, you know, if I look back and I'm really honest with myself, I knew immediately that it was not good. And I stayed and it, it would be very easy for me to fall into shame and shame myself for staying. However, you know, that night that I was looking at myself in the mirror and decided, okay, what's, what's going on in me that's keeping me here was the moment that I realized also, I, you know, and I look back even now where I am, like, I don't know that I would be where I am if it had not have been for that relationship. And so I'm not going to shame myself. And I'm certainly not going to shame him because 
like you mentioned that compassion for other people in their journey, he was struggling with a lot of things and never once did I feel this sense of hatred towards him. It was deep, deep compassion and, and a separation too. You know, it's not my job to help you. And I'm going to remove myself from this very, very toxic environment. However, I have compassion for you and where you're at. And I hope that you come to find peace. And so it brings you like bringing that energy back in. It just shifts everything. It shifts so much. And I think that is how we shift the world that, oh, I love it. I can't Yes, I'm sitting here and being like, yeah, you just described it so beautifully, that compassion and that compassion for other people. And, and you're so right. And that's kind of like that, that perpetual shame spiral that happens where it's like, oh, this person wronged me, I'm going to hate them. Like there's something extremely wrong with them. But it's realizing that, that no, actually, like they're on their own journey, they're working through, through their things too. And we get to show them the utmost compassion, just like we show ourselves when we are working through things and we're, and we're working through themes that are harder. And, and when we're able to show that compassion to others, we're also able to show that compassion to ourselves, which is, which is like the mirror effect when, when we start judging. It's like what we judge others on is very often what we judge ourselves on. And it's a beautiful mirror. Yes. And I think too, once we start having, you know, just going back to the planet and the animals, once we start having compassion for ourselves and we start having compassion for others, then we start having compassion for the animals. Like I look at, you know, the whales that I've swam with, there's so much about their, their lives that is reflected in my own, their struggles, their triumphs, the way that they're curious and they love to play. And then sometimes they're just like, oh, I'm done with this. And they leave, you know, like you start to have compassion for the whole experience of being here on this planet towards nature towards the animals towards self towards others and that that is such a powerful and needed shift I think yeah that's where the change is going to happen that's mm-hmm. where the change that I feel like so many so much of our society right now is like looking for that change and trying to find it and that's where it is it's it's been in front of us the whole time it's been yeah. right inside of us <laughs> It's right here. <laughs> yes. Oh, so powerful. So everyone who's listening, who's like, I'm falling in love with this perspective of uh, taking care of the earth, of nurturing mother earth, of conservation, of becoming more in tune with animals and, and that perspective of doing it through inner work. What would you suggest be, what would the first step for someone who's like, this is the perspective shift that I've been looking for. This is the perspective I wanna take on conservation and connecting to nature. What would the first step be for anyone who's listening? I think the first step is probably the most simple and the hardest to do. And I think it's just cultivating more presence in your life. if, if we're not present with our experience, it's very difficult to see the way that these lower themes might be playing out and impacting our influence in the world and our relationships with other people. But if we can consciously cultivate presence, and I think if, if connecting deeper to nature really resonates for people, then consciously becoming present in nature, like even if that's just your backyard or your patio and you're sitting in your chair, like I'm a huge, huge advocate for morning routines. Um, I think all of my clients would be like, oh yeah, we all have a morning routine now. <laughs> so like Get a morning routine. Um, but like connecting with nature in whatever way feels good for you, whatever way works with, with the situation, 
connecting with nature first thing in the morning, I think is the first step because just giving, giving yourself that space is what we really need. I think when we're constantly exerting so much of our energy outward and we're, you know, sharing the petitions and we're speaking out, we're doing all things, there's not a whole lot of space for us to sit back and reflect on how am I sharing? How am I showing up? What's the energy that's really hanging out in my belly and in my heart? We're just constantly doing and doing and doing. And it, I think that's the first step is, can I become more present with my experience as it is right, right now? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I think that that resonates so much like with everything we do, because we're I feel like I talk about society all the time. I'm constantly being like in our society, in the general scheme of things, like you yeah. said, we're constantly going. Like that is what is, um, what's the word I'm looking for? That's, that's, that's what's normalized. Like that's, that's kind of the conditioning we get is that you go and you go and you go and you go and then eventually you burn out and you do what you need to do to get better. And then you go and then you go and you go and go. And just that slowing down feeling can feel so, uncomfortable. <laughs> There's this huge discomfort in slowing down and just being present. And that's, I think that that's, like you said, it's one of the most beautiful gifts that we yeah. can give ourselves getting started on this journey is to get through that discomfort until we're like, oh my gosh, look mm -hmm. at everything that's around us. And it just, what you were saying with like, when a lot of times with like conservation activism, like we're constantly doing things, like we're in service, we're doing this thing you're right. There's not, there's not a lot of space to just be with the thing that you are trying to save or conserve. Oh, I love what you just said. Yes, that is, uh, it's so true. And I think it's what leads to burnout the most because it's very hard to be around these things that you feel so passionate about every day when you know what's happening, but when you can allow yourself time and space to connect back to your heart and remember your deeper why for doing it. I think that changes the way that you move through the world. Um, and you know, that, that whole idea of like nature doesn't need us to fix her. It, it's a, it's just like a release. Like, oh, I can be present with these things, with these animals in the ocean. I can love it for, for how it is and know that me being present and me understanding and unraveling and remembering is one of the greatest things that I could do to support her. Um, it, it feels like you were saying earlier, it feels much more empowering coming from that place. Yeah, it's, and this has been like a huge topic that I've been loving recently is that idea of like control versus relationship. Yeah. And like how a lot of times we're seeking to like control our situation or control what we're doing and shifting that perspective to like, how can I be in a relationship with this? Like, how can I be in a healthy relationship? And just that feeling of being in nature, like you were saying, of just being present and everything you just said, I was like, oh my gosh, it's forming a relationship. It's, it's no longer trying to control how we're saving the earth. It's how can I form a relationship with the earth? Like one of trust and one of love and one of compassion and everything you just said, I was like, that's it. That's, that's right there. <laughs> oh, I love that. And it's like, how can I become an ally for her in the most effective way? Um, you know, how can I share her message? And so, you know, something that I've just, that I remind myself of is this, 
this doesn't actually have anything to do with me. Um, this is much bigger, bigger than me. Um, and so how can I continuously come back to my relationship with the earth? And I mean, really like give her and give spirit, give the divine space to move through me because if I'm trying to control and if I'm trying to fix, there's no, there's no space. Um, I tell this to my clients all the time. Like you have to create the space for these energies to move in your life because once you start consciously connecting and building that relationship, it, I mean, you can't deny it. There's no denying it anymore. Um, you know that your actions and your words and your work is coming from a much higher place. And from that place is, that's where the impact and the energetic exchanges and the ripples outward, that is what has the most impact. Like when it is divinely inspired by something greater and just by nature and the earth herself, um, you know, like giving them the space to lead us into the future that we're wanting to create. Oh, I think that is, I could cry. <laughs> that last phrase, I was like, yes. Me <laughs> too. Like, oh, where'd that come from? Okay. <laughs> I love that. And that gets to be like such a beautiful example of what you were just talking about of letting ourselves have that space to be like a channel for all of it to let them lead through us and look at the amazing beautiful wisdom and words that just like came out of it that that was like i was like yeah that that right there that is exactly what this is oh, mm -hmm. filling me up i like want to cry now too um <laughs> <laughs> so beautiful okay so for everyone who's listening who's like this is the work I need. I need to work with Taylor right now. Or like, this is what I'm feeling called to. I want to explore this further. What is the best way for people one to get in contact with you? Like whether that's social media, website, email, whatever that is. And do you have any offerings that you'd like to share with us today? Yes. So the easiest way to get in touch is definitely through Instagram. So it's um, at Taylor two underscores Henley. And through there, you know, I share a lot on my my posts and all my stories and there's a link that can uh that will take people to my website and to the different offerings that i have so i do work one-on-one -on -one with clients um through a program that i have called unshakable inspired by the mountains in colorado um and it's a one-on-one -on -one inner work and spiritual growth mentorship program so i work very very closely with my clients we connect once a week and we really dive into their inner work, what they're moving towards. And it's such a beautiful container. I'm so grateful, um, you know, for everyone that I get to walk beside and to just witness their journey. Um, and it's really heavily focused too on connecting back to nature and how can we um, create that relationship like you were speaking of earlier. So that is my one-on-one -on -one program. It's unshakable. I'm also in the process of planning retreats. Um, their inner work and spiritual growth retreats that are uh, heavily focused on immersion within nature. So um, the first one that I have in the works is uh, in Hawaii. So on Kona, the big island of Hawaii, um, a place very, very close and special um, to my heart, but it will be an inner work retreat um, that will also involve time in the ocean with the animals that have, that have changed my life. Um, 
dolphins and manta rays and all the things and time in the jungle and in the waterfall. So it's very immersive and very intimate. Um, and that's you know where my work is really headed, one-on-one -on -one work and then the retreats as well. That is so beautiful. I can't wait for you to bring all that retreat, like all the details yeah. for that out. I'm like so excited for that. <laughs> um, and yes, yeah, so as we wrap up our podcast here, are there any last words that you'd like to share with our audience before we close out this beautiful episode? Yeah, you know, I think just reminding people that in all moments, we are so guided and so supported and so much more loved than we could ever possibly know by, by nature. I think this is a very big shift that's also happened for me because when you witness the destruction that we have caused, you assume that we're the problem. But I think the truth is that we would, there are no mistakes in creation and we would not be here if we were not meant to be here. And connecting back to the love that nature has for us is so heartwarming. And especially in those moments, if we're doing really deep inner work and it's hard and it's heavy, going outside and witnessing all the ways that we are so provided for and so loved by nature through all the abundance she provides um, that, you know, that's always available to us, always, always, always. And I think it, it, I think it influences our, our heart in more ways than we could ever possibly know. Um, so that message, you are so loved, you're so supported by the whole of nature and also something greater too. So powerful. Thank you for those beautiful words. And thank you so much for sharing your wisdom here with us today. This has been such an epic episode and just bringing together these, these beautiful concepts. Um, I know I'm feeling very inspired right now listening to you and your work. And I wanna thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you so much, Lilia, for giving me the time and the space to share. It's so great, always, it's so great to connect with you here in yoga teacher training or on Instagram. I just appreciate you and your energy so oh. much. Oh, thank you. And thank you to all of our amazing listeners. Thank you guys for being here and showing up for yourself and showing up for this conversation. I invite you to take those nuggets of wisdom that really like um, inspired you or that really sunk in deep and to explore them in your day-to-day -day life. Explore how this can, this perspective and the shift can influence influence your life and your relationship with nature in such a beautiful way. So I'm sending you guys so much love and I can't wait to see you in our next episode. Thank you for spending your time with us today. This podcast truly lights me up and I hope that it lit up your day with some inspiration too. If you are loving this episode, I invite you to head over to the show notes and sign up for my emailing list. Not only will you get a free cycle tracking guide, which is amazing and completely life-changing by the way, <laughs> but you will also get a new podcast episode delivered directly to your inbox every week so you don't miss any of the magic. I want to hear from you too. So what topics would you like us to cover this season? And what are you super excited about? This podcast is really about you and inspiring and empowering you in your life. So I want to know what you want to hear. I would love for you to come visit me over on my Instagram at Lilia, L-I-L-I-A underscore Gestin, G-E-S-T-S-O-N. And on my website, liliagestin.com. Let's connect and get to know each other. I'm sending you so much love in your day and I will see you on our next episode.